there, precious kinklings. You're listening to K is for Kinky, and we are your friendly neighborhood kinksters. I'm Jen. And I'm Eden. And today we're doing the five hardest parts about being a 24-7 dom. Dom, dom, dom. Dom, dom, dom. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the K is for Kinky podcast. This podcast discusses adult topics, so if you are offended by adult topics or are under the age of 18, please stop listening now. Also, while Miss Jen is a therapist, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are not to be taken as personal therapy for you. She is not your therapist. And if she is your therapist, just remember that what she says only technically counts in your private sessions. I have prepared for this episode. I have made a list, but I did not put it in any particular order. Oh, it's fantastic. <laughs> By the way, I mean, as you can hear, we do prepare for episodes, but... Maybe not as often as we should, so it is remarkable enough for her to remark that she prepared. <laughs> uh, well, because you were able to do your five hardest things off the cuff. That makes me seem like a monster, too, because I'm like, I already know the five hardest things. I don't have to think. I just know them. Um, no, I, I did do it off the cuff um, because I'm a genius and I can think rapidly. I'm good in a crisis, depending on the crisis. If that crisis is like... <laughs> find your way home from their grocery store without Google Maps that I'm not good in a crisis. True. But if it's like, keep everyone calm while the zombies are running overhead, you know, I'm good at that. Running overhead? Yeah, we're under a bridge. They're over running oh. overhead. And <laughs> you didn't I'm, fill us in on your visual. I'm calming the children <laughs> that are there and like, I'm really good at keeping everybody calm. And then I just have like my own personal meltdown and this really epic, like really emotional scene that wins me like an award. Like when I'm alone after the zombies have already passed, I'm like locked in a room and I'm like, oh my God. But like I wait until the crisis is over to have my very dramatic, amazing scene that earns me acting accolades. Oh, I'm sorry. There's a whole movie <laughs> in my head now. I'm sorry. It's, it's a whole thing. Just, you know, let me know when you're done. <laughs> I just faded to black in, the, in my head. So I think we're ready. Um, okay. So did we want to start talking about the topic? Yeah. Let's lay it on us. The hardest parts about being a dominant. Go. Well, it's... <laughs> Hardest parts about being in 24-7, right? But at, from the D side, like right. from the dominant perspective, not just like, you know, generally. Right. I'll do my best to maybe put these in some kind of order, but they're not really in order. I think what's really important for you is to understand that you need to carry this episode for 40 more minutes. So sure. <laughs> make sure that you don't race through these points because this is all, you're, you're, the, you're the captain of the ship this right now. This is one, this is two, this is three, this is four, this is five, and done. Ten minute episode. Oh man. <laughs> Just rapid fire complaints about being a dominant. Um, so this isn't, I didn't write it from the perspective of like complaints. You shouldn't. You should be it's, looking at it's, yourself yeah, and what you struggle with. it's basically the stuff yeah. that, I'm, that I struggle with. I certainly hope I'm not about to work to, on learning. I hope I'm not about to sit down and hear a list of, of itemized complaints. That would <laughs> suck. Ah! Okay. <laughs> so the first one I'm going to talk about is energy. And by this, I'm not talking about like energy exchange or like energy in a scene. Or your aura. <sighs> or your aura. <laughs> I'm just talking to flat out energy, like lack of it due to exhaustion, as probably most people know who are listening to this. Our life is insanely busy and I expend a lot of energy, right, in life, like between all of the work that we do and 
you know, the kids, whether it's actual like physical energy driving around all over the place or, you know, mental, emotional energy, a lot of mental energy, just having to think about a million things at once. You know, it's like I've always got all these plates in the air in my in my head um, between work and the kids and figuring out meals for the week and going grocery shopping, which you help with sometimes. And that's good. Um, but sometimes going grocery shopping is like my one chance to just walk the aisles and like get some downtime sometimes, but I actually genuinely enjoy grocery shopping, but it's still energy output, right? Like you can enjoy something and it still expends energy, right? Like if I play, I can enjoy that a lot. It's also a lot of energy, right? Yes, I totally <laughs> agree. Especially as a bottom, it takes energy because you're, you know, mm-hmm. receiving a lot of usually impact and like your body is going through a transformation as your spirit is kind of rising like the, like the you know, cream of the crop, you know, just kind of ri- rising up. Um, <laughs> By the way, Eden's in a weird mood today. <laughs> I, I'm doing my best. I'm, I'm here. I showed up to work today. Work being our life in the podcast. I'm, I'm right here. Um, but I'm saying as a top, the energy expense is different. You know, there's a lot of energy output that is in my life, right? I'm not excluding you by saying that. I'm just focused on me right now. Okay. So No, it's great. I want the focus off of me because you, you passed it over here. And I, got, I, I just Come on. choked in my own spit. Oh, it's cute. So anyway, <laughs> lots of energy output in my life. Lots of things that I'm constantly thinking about. Why are you laughing? Because this is going off the rails and we're only on part one. <laughs> well, you know, that's how it goes. <sighs> Anywho's, I always have a lot of things on my mind, a lot of things I'm doing, a lot of things, you know, like I said, physically, mentally, emotionally, there's sort of always all of those things going. And so when it comes to our dynamic, for me, it's like, okay, like the relationship and the dynamic is always there, Right. But to do things with intention, whether it's something playful, right? Smacking you as you walk by. Yeah. Or, or if it's, you know, work or difficult, um, you know, if we have to sit down and have a conversation about something that we're in conflict over, for example, or if I need to step into that role again with more mindfulness to correct something or to whatever like any kind of intentional or even just to like okay like let's play tonight or whatever it might be sometimes with all the other things my energy is just on reserves right and so sometimes those things and this is sort of why I'm starting with this because I think it's kind of it would be number five on a countdown right like it's but energy is a major thing for me um I don't have a ton of it. I'm also older, so I'm using that as an excuse. (laughs) You're not like 100. She was Halfway there, almost. You're not 50. I know. Okay, you're not 50 because when you turn 50, you're going to freak out and you're going to have like a meltdown and we'll know you're 50 because you'll have like a midlife crisis about it. And for you, it really will be midlife because you legitimately are going to live into like 105 or longer with technology. I don't know about that. Your family history, you know, a lot of older people just puttering along puttering. Into, the, into the late 90s and 100s. No, I don't. You do. You do. Okay, my, my, my grandmother went to 94. Was still flirting 
<laughs> flirting and with the male nurse in in her in well, her well not just the male nurse also the um the pastor that came over she i'm was... proud of her she 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 did a good job yeah my Gigi was definitely a major flirt so i think that we can foresee that but she you... got to 94 i think you'll easily get to 94 easy so you have you have <sighs> a good anyway the point is your midlife crisis is going to be insane so right. no you're not 50 yet right but still Late 40s compared to late 20s, for example. I'm in, I'm 31. Energy is different. I'm an, I'm an old soul <laughs> at 31. Oh so. I'm just saying. Not my 20s anymore. I'm talking about me. I'm not even talking about you. Oh, I'm, you're comparing our ages. No, and I was like, I'm not in my 20s. I'm talking about my 20s. Like, if you compare, like, it's just, you have less, I have less energy. You know, I have more desire to, like, hang out at home and just be comfortable. But you understand the importance. Right. But that's the, the thing, right? So like these are the, the things that are difficult, right? And so energy is one of those things that can be difficult, um, especially if I've had a more draining week or day. Um, sometimes I get to the end of my day and it's like I just I, I just want to sit here and stare at a stupid TV show and eat my mixed nuts. And I do. Sound old. You do definitely sound old. I can't I can't help you with that. In this moment, um, I just like to have my stories and I have my little slip on my little slippers and I just kind of like to know what to expect, you know, especially the blood pressure, <laughs> but especially like a lot of people live their lives and it's Monday through Friday work, but then they have their weekends to do whatever and chill out we usually you know we're usually working through our weekends are you implying that if you had a weekend you wouldn't still sit and stare at the tv and eat nuts well yeah but that's my point is (laughs) (laughs) people can do that on the weekends so they might not feel that way every night after work you know they might i don't know do people have more energy after work i don't think they relax on weekends i'm pretty sure that the way the capitalism is just really just milking society dry people come home from work collapse Try not to have an emotional <laughs> meltdown. Wake up the next day, go, and then when the weekend hits, you just try to pretend you're not you until Monday comes. <laughs> oh, no. I'm pretty sure that's the normal state of existence for most people in the working class. Yeah, I don't so, even know. Your usually, fantasy we... world where people have any energy <laughs> is mind-boggling to me. Well, we usually work through weekends, and so, you know, it also depends on, you know, if I've had a full day of clients, right? That can... That can take a lot out of me if I've done, like, you know, more than a few back-to-back during a day. Um, anyway, there's just, there's lots of things that can affect my energy, and having more of it is one of the difficulties. How do we harvest energy for ourselves? <laughs> right. Join us on next week's episode, Harvesting Energy. We need energy. also, if anybody figures out cloning, like, that would be fantastic. I think we should focus more on the energy harvesting. I think we'd be farther <laughs> along in that front than waiting for cloning to come through. But now I'm imagining, like, the Matrix, like, a bunch of people hooked up to... Not that it's the same as the Matrix, because What that's, makes like, you think we're not stuff. in the Matrix right now? Well, but I'm saying, like, we'd have to... Like, where would I get energy? i just assume people. So then we'd have to have a farm of people. Are you suggesting <laughs> that we be the machines in the Matrix and that we start harvesting humans? Yeah. What are you doing on this podcast? What are you know. doing? This is, this is point number one. I know. We should move on. We should move on, but I'm having a great time with you today on the podcast. Oh, goodness. Okay, okay. so I guess don't come over to our house if you have any <laughs> gatherings because we might be harvesting you. I don't... Or if you tend to have a lot of energy, you might be our first victims. <laughs> Oh, you know, in um, the oh, Dark Crystal. I can't Crystal- wait to see Tussled Notes on this I know. 
the dark the dark crystal there's a scene where the skeksis get these really adorable what? little bait they're called skeksis it doesn't worry about it the, the bad guys the bad okay. bird people <laughs> okay. they get these little baby like lumpkins that look like little like moving potatoes and they capture them and then they drain their energy out of their eyeballs it's horrifying it was like the first time as a kid that i had like nightmares from a movie um, but we could totally get we we could contact the people who made the dark crystal and see if how far along they've been working on that machine. Is it is it a reality yet? Can, can we borrow it? <laughs> we need some extra energy. Don't make this real. Okay. Let's expend all of our energy contacting the people from the dark crystal to see if their energy machine is ready to because we really need extra. We do. If anybody has any extra energy, can you just send it over? And I don't mean energy drinks because those are gross. Yeah, she won't drink energy drinks. This actually is the problem. If we could just get her onto energy drinks, she'd have so much energy. But then I might, my heart might actually stop. No, don't do that. Right. I love exactly. you too much to lose so you to, just... to monster energy drink. <laughs> Who's actually sponsoring this episode? <laughs> no, I wish. I'm I'd pretty... take their sponsorship. I just don't want to drink it. I'm pretty sure that what you just said... <laughs> negates that they would let us sponsor them we're having probably we're we're talking about how much we don't want to do energy drinks i actually do like monster energy drinks Mm. i haven't had one in five and a half years because the first thing you did when i met you was say no more energy drinks for you it's true i I mean maybe not the first thing it was within the first couple weeks yeah yeah oh you have a coping mechanism let me take that from you (laughs) oh my god (laughs) jeez i also made you stop vaping i was vaping not there was zero there's no nicotine it was just vapor i was vaping vapor that was flavored but yes i was vaping and how do you are you glad that i took those things now well yeah because i could have gotten popcorn lung from vaping water which basically is like what i was vaping it was just flavored water so the moral of the story is you're welcome you're always the hero (laughs) you're always the hero (laughs) okay we should move on to point four Okay, what's the... What's On the, the five, four, three. Okay, okay so but yeah, point one, to, to clarify, in case you forgot what it was after energy. all of that. She has low energy because life is draining. Okay, go ahead. That's a good synopsis. Thank you. Of a very long-winded explanation. We're at minute 17, so we're doing good. So the next one, how vulnerable is too vulnerable to be with your S-type? Oh, interesting. Oh, I know. Oh, what a, a conundrum. Thinker. Because I like being intimate with you and you're very vulnerable. We're very vulnerable. I mean, if you're asking this question, the answer for us is 0% difference. But that's not right? totally like no, true. Do you withhold your emotions from me? Well, no. Like, there's been times when, you know, if, if I'm talking about things or whatever, when we've been having, like, you know, scr- struggle, struggle, struggle time or whatever. Getting scrappy. And I have given you kind of the transparency of where I'm coming from or talking about. I've, I've had you say, like, I don't think I want to know sort of behind the curtain on this thing. I think there are some things you shouldn't say <clears throat> to, your, to your follower unless the worst is actually happening because it triggers a fear reaction. Like, there are some things that, like, yeah. you're leading well, like, you don't... And things like, you know, if I'm having my own, you know... Crisis. Not insecurities, but, like... If I'm feeling helpless about stuff or if I'm in a really bad place, not helpless like with life, like I don't want people to worry about me. Or like, like with our relationship. But like in our relationship and our dynamic, like figuring out like this is something I need to express to you versus, okay, this is something that I know is a reaction to right now and it will probably cause more insecurity in her. So even though it's on it, it's being honest about how I'm feeling right now, it's probably not the thing to put on the table to make you worry more, right? So 
that's kind of what I mean is just I, I don't think this is why it's number four. It doesn't come up super often because you and I do talk about most things and want to just kind of be honest about most things. But I think there are, you know, those times and I mean, I'm not saying that you don't have the same thing. Like there's there might be stuff where you're like, I mean, there's certain things you might they say they don't just because it would do more harm than good. Well, you know? They say, generally speaking, in relationships, no matter whether or not you're in DS, there are some things you don't talk through with your partner. You process that with a therapist or an outside party, and then if you still need to talk to your partner, you can, but there are some things that can hurt your partner when you're processing them. If you're on a boat with somebody, and it starts to rain, and uh, you have no okay. real... Why did you go on a boat when it's supposed to rain? Because we're on the sea. We're on the sea. Sometimes it rains on the seas. We're on a long voyage, okay? We're, okay, we're, we're it's okay. Trans, transatlantic or something, okay? Whatever. Okay. We're on a boat is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Am I ruining your metaphor? You're definitely slowing down the process. We're on a boat. And it's starting to get dark on the horizon. And it's starting to rain. And I have a horrible fear of capsizing and of hurricanes. And you know that I have that fear because I've told you, hey, captain, my captain, I'm really oh, afraid Captain, of drowning <laughs> and I'm really afraid of having a boat go over because I've been through a divorce, aka I've had my boat tip over before. <laughs> oh, and is it that really the boat tipping is a divorce. It's, okay. it's I've really struggled <laughs> and I've been through separation, so I'm really scared of this thing. And you know that. And like so a captain who sees rain and knows, you know what, there is a small percent chance that this will turn into a horrible cyclone that will pull our boat apart, but most likely it won't. A captain in that position who is having their own insecurities and fears about, man, it would suck, though, if it capsized. Man, what if there was a hurricane? To then turn to the person who is terrified of the boat tipping over and who feels insecure and is looking for leadership. Hey, I want to let you know it's drizzling. And it might be a hurricane, but probably not. But it could be. <laughs> That's terrifying to the person yeah. who already has the fear versus, you know, being like, hey, it's raining. And I'm going to acknowledge that it's raining. And it doesn't mean the end is, is nigh. Why don't we do what we need to do to batten down the hatches and get through this very normal rainstorm? Like that is a leadership move, even if the captain secretly has their own fears. As long as those fears don't seem like they're really going to happen, you don't need to communicate it to the follower. Versus, hold on, hold on. If the hurricane is upon us and the captain goes, I don't want to tell the follower because I don't want them to be scared. And then the follower is in the water and the boat is upended and no communication occurred before that. That would be bad. So it's like knowing the line between like when do you share information that is hard, what does your follower or your crewmen need to know, and when do they need to know it? Like that's the metaphor. So that's kind of my point is that you as the S type don't really have to censor yourself. Like you've always allowed yourself to be raw and transparent and clear about any feeling you're having even if it is a feeling of despair or hurricane or whatever whereas for me as the d-type I have to be more careful around that like I have to be able to recognize those pieces that may not be best expressed the next one, I guess, I'll talk about is something that I have definitely struggled with and am working on a lot, which is handling resistance. Um, because I tend to want to avoid more conflict, if there's, you know, resistance or pushback, um, and I think a lot of D-types can relate to this, it's like figuring out what is the best way to handle this in my role 
and to handle it, period, right? It can be difficult, especially when how to handle it isn't established from the get-go, to know how to handle it, the best ways to handle it. Like, this is something that we have now, you know, created some systems for and that I'm actively working on, but handling those moments um, is definitely a difficult piece. And it kind of goes into the other, the last two. The piece with resistance, like, resistance comes up with S-types often for reasons that have to do not with intentional disobedience or intentional, like, dickishness, but often it will come up in the form of, like, encountering real blocks, real concerns, real fears, and not being able to really process those or do anything about those things in the dynamic. It could be, resistance can be linked to, like, severe problems in the dynamic, but it can also just be linked to a a point within the S-type that needs support and that needs to be grown through. And I 100% agree that of giving into resistance or avoiding conflict is not the way to handle resistance, and it actually creates more problems than it solves. So I totally agree 100% that it's important to try to be compassionate but also to interact with S-types when they're experiencing resistance. And if you don't like the resistance and you want to challenge it, like fixing that and, and, and enforcing behavior you do want over time while also trying to build up that person. And if it is fear-based... You're getting into my next points. Oh, These are shit. The, yeah, this is why I kind of wanted to jump into those because they're more nuanced and like discussion. Which, by the way, just speaking on resistance, I just saw a TikTok from Dan and Don Williams where obviously it was very short because TikTok, where they were talking about resistance and how Don was saying, you know, oftentimes resistance can come from the S-type's fears around something underlying. And Dan said, yeah, it's just hard to know because as a D-type, it comes across the same as just, you know, not wanting to do a thing, right? So it can be difficult to pull that apart. So... The first one I'll get into, uh, let's see, it's a flip of the coin. Like a lot of these are things that, you know, especially now that we have regular mentorship that I'm really trying to work on actively, but obviously that's why they're on the list, (laughs) right? Because they're things that are at least difficult for me. Now, not all of these, by the way, might be difficult for other D-types. Other D-types may find these things very easy or especially if they built, you know, systems around these things from the beginning, then you know, they might not have as difficult a time as we are just because we're kind of going backwards and having to build up these things. So um, <clears throat> so the next one is, for me, is kind of the nuance between, in terms of giving feedback, being able to speak to both hearing what the S-type is saying, especially when it comes in the form of some kind of resistance or there's negative energy behind it or whatever it might be, but being able to, in your response, hold what you're hearing as well as addressing or kind of holding ground or speaking to maybe the way it was delivered or even just hearing you know, what the S-type has to say, even if it's, you know, spoken beautifully, but hearing that and deciding that you're not going to do the thing that the S-type wants you to do. And so making it clear that you might be, that I might want to hold my ground on a decision and make it clear that I did hear you on what it was. So being able to, and especially this is difficult if I'm feeling frustrated, right? Being able to address both of those things in a way that is calm and 
being able to stay centered, I guess, is the best way that I'm trying to say is to stay centered and be able to address both of those things in a way that is clear. Because a lot of times for me, I might decide to hold my ground or make a decision that doesn't go the way you want it to. But for me, I'm like, well, I heard what she had to say, but I have to learn to also express that I heard what you had to say <laughs> before giving my decision, right? So that's that's the piece that I'll take it for granted that I heard you, but you don't know that I heard you. Yeah, definitely. Especially if I'm making another decision that doesn't go yeah. with what you want. I think yeah. it's really important. I'll just say from the S side of this. Yeah, yeah. The, from the S side of Slash, it is really important to feel not only that you were heard and understood, but that the D-type cares that you spoke and that they want to hear what you have to say, even if they don't go with you. It helps to feel like your contribution and your feelings were validated by them and that they care. And that does require extra communication. Yeah. So it's extra communication and also being able to calm my own emotions to be able to do that in a way that actually gets through. What's your last one? So the last one... This is one that I do hear is difficult for a lot of D-types. Not all, but I think it's a more common one, which is always feeling like I'm riding the line between when do I be stern versus when do I allow leniency. This is something, like I said, that I struggle with sometimes. I know other D-types have talked about their struggle with it. And it's... I So I... (laughs) I shortcut language around like the being stern piece. Like if you think about this in reference to really standing in or sitting in my role as the D type and, you know, being more like (laughs) commanding and just very like matter of fact. Right. And like, this is what you're going to do, whatever, blah, blah, blah. I usually in my head, because it's just, it's a, piece of my role that I am slowly growing into I shortcut it in my head as be the asshole (laughs) and I don't mean that in terms of actually being an asshole right but it's a shortcut in my brain it's kind of like a code word for my own brain of it's okay to sit in this aspect of your role even if my go-to is always kind of tending towards leniency Right. Because we spent several years of our relationship where I might hold fast to some things, but a majority of the time I'm always looking at, you know, can I be leaning here? I want to consider this or that or, you know, any sort of reasons that you were giving me like, okay, I'll just lean into those reasons and let you, you know, do whatever, not do whatever, but like have more time to do a thing or I don't know. I can't think of any specifics, but The point of that is my natural tendency is to allow for leniency or to compromise things. And even though I knew on the inside that it was like, but that's not what I want. And it wasn't, and there are wants that are not unreasonable, right? Like, I guess we love dishes as examples. God damn it. I knew this was going to happen again. I was like, oh my God, dishes are going to come up. But like, for example, for a long time, you know, we talked about doing dishes and like when they're done by and blah, blah, blah. And for a while, you know, it was just like do the dishes or whatever, even though from the beginning you were like, I fucking hate dishes. Um, But also you not I didn't force like you accepted them as your part of your role. 
but it's not a hard limit. It's just something that right. It's been a it's been a task that's, that's what I mean. you know. Been, I wasn't forcing like no. It's a know. red. I don't care. Do the dishes. Um, <laughs> but like that kind of thing, I would you know kind of let things go and you know if it was you know because my ideal is that all dishes are done and either in the dishwasher, hand washed, or soaking overnight if absolutely necessary. Right. But there would be times that it was, and it's still to this day, I still struggle with this a bit in terms of, you know, okay, just do it first thing in the morning. Like, I just don't want to wake up to it. Um, Or, you know, pots and pans or whatever that got left on the stove, if, you know, if they get forgotten or whatever, like I would just, I would just kind of let it go. Like, okay, it's not really that big of a deal. Right. Because that's my vanilla brain going, well, choose your battles. It's not that big of a deal for the dishes to be done, you know, tomorrow or what have you. Um, But the D side of me, right, stepping into that role and going, yeah, but I actually do have this expectation that I would like to be met and giving myself permission to step into that and voice that and hold that, you know? So I think, you know, knowing the line between when do I, you know, hold firm to, to stuff and I'm giving a silly example, but like to hold firm to things or to be more lenient. And I'm really trying to catch myself now in those moments of, because I know that they came from avoidance of either conflict or just dealing with it all together, which I guess brings us full circle back to energy, (laughs) but that worked out well. Um, but yeah, so figuring out those moments and, and not leaning as much into leniency because I, I think I was leaning too heavily into leniency before, but again, there are times when leniency is called for. Right. And so it's figuring out. Yeah, it's figuring out that balance. It's figuring out what's the time, what's not. There have been times that I have made the decision like I'm not going to put out a consequence for this because I know it was due to this thing that you struggle with. Right. And so I don't feel right doing a consequence for that. And, And those times I really try to at least step into that decision, even if I'm being quote unquote lenient it's making that decision based on, you know, mental health factors, well-being and all of that. But I'm trying more and more to <clears throat> not be afraid to do that. And it's still something I'm working on, right? Um because I think it's really ingrained in me to just kind of let things go or, you know, find those compromises. So I think it's interesting because I I feel like a lot of the work that we're doing on our dynamic right now from both sides of the slash have to do with the things in our relationship that have become egalitarian because that's what we are used to and what we've allowed to grow. Like our relationship as it stands today looks the way we've watered it. And that's something that's like really interesting to think about in your head. If you're in a relationship right now or you're in a situation right now, our lives look the way we've allowed them to grow. Mm -hmm. And so we are both equally responsible for things in our dynamic that we love and also for things in our dynamic that we feel don't match what we want. And we're also both equally capable of contributing and working together to prune and to shape what we want to see. And I think one thing that's kind of important to remember when it looks at, when you look at the power exchange, I, I think it's normal and to be expected that S-types experience resistance and power exchange to a degree. And I think it's also normal and to be expected 
the D type struggle to handle and, you know, address resistance. Um, it's a really important thing to discuss though, because ideally you have two people who got into the dynamic from a genuine place uh, of at least understanding enough to know that when they say I want to submit or I want to be dominant, at least genuinely knowing enough to know that that really is true. You know, if you, if you don't know what DS is and you get involved in a dynamic, you might find out in the middle of it, I don't like this. This isn't what I thought it'd be. But I know for us, while we have certain things that are not what we thought they'd be, we both genuinely see value in being a dominant or being a submissive with each other. And for me, I want to say for your peace of mind, Miss Jen, but also for the listener, I know how overpowering I can be as a, as a person, as a spirit, verbally, in conversation. If I have a goal, I almost always get it met. I'm very, very like assertive. And that's a trait that I've developed over the course of my life that served me well. Um, however... I've been in a relationship before where I had a partner that was passive and that didn't stand up for what they wanted. And because I assume, or I did for a long time, that people are all assertive, when somebody lets me do what I want to do or agrees with what I want, I go, okay, cool, they agreed, and I move forward. And what that leads to, I have found, is that when I'm paired with somebody who's passive, I'm the dominant um, in a way that's yucky. I was, I was an unintentional leader in my past relationship and the best decision I made as that leader was to end that relationship but I certainly didn't know how to lead it I got into DS wanting to be the submissive in a DS dynamic because I wanted to be led knowing full well that I'd have resistance because I have to process that but having a genuine desire to let somebody else say yes and no to me and it's not always easy and there are times in my life when I don't want to hear no and I'm working on my half of that but it is wonderful to hear you talking about not choosing the passive route. And You're also not calling me passive, right? What? I'm not calling you passive as a person, <laughs> but I'm saying that the conflict avoidance is passivity. And it's something that you're addressing and fixing. You're not generally passive at all. Well, and, and it, a lot of it's not even like some of it is that conflict avoidance, but some of it is just having lived a lot of my life, you know, in more egalitarian type relationship where it was a good thing to like not worry about the small things or, you know, let things go, whatever that weren't that important. And so it's also deprogramming that piece as well. It's yeah, it's bizarre because again, like things that might be more healthy in vanilla, they can upend and unbalance your DS and we're facing that right now. There are two main issues that we're currently looking at re recalibrating. One is this one with how we deal with communication over minor conflicts or just minor like disagreements because I like to be able to state my desire and I'm working on being transparent about it so that I'm not being manipulative with my desire because I don't mean to be manipulative, but I, I found through like a lot of self-work and examination, man, when I want something, I find five or seven ways to get it. And the only way to stop myself from doing that compulsively, which is what I've done my whole life, is to overtly say to the person, this is what I want. That way I can't be underhanded to get it. Not that I'm trying to be, I'm going to call myself underhanded. Okay, I'm, making myself, I'm making myself sound like a crazy, like mean, crazy, mean person. No. I'm, I'm saying that I think we all have motivations. We all go into every 
interaction usually with some sort of goal or some sort of desire. And I have found with my partner who I trust, the best way to communicate to her is to be open about what I actually want and go right to the core of what it is. Even if she tells me no, at least I know that I was honest. And I also like to share my thoughts. But that's not necessarily resistance, even though Michelle's process said it's resistance in the past. It's giving information. And part of my job after giving the information is to shut up and <laughs> let her make the call. And so that's one thing we're working on. And I feel like another one is just how we communicate in general because I'm a very assertive communicator. Everything from my tone to the way I speak is very, like, matter of fact. In a way, I speak the way that you're talking about how you want to speak. I do it. I've done it my whole life. I don't want our dynamic to take a back seat. But it's what has been for our whole relationship. And now we're adjusting it. You know, like I said, we, we, we have the garden we have because we grew this garden. Now we're making decisions about which plants we want to keep and which ones we want to, you know, prune or change. Yeah. And some of these things are more difficult because we spent several years falling into the falling into pattern. the other stuff and, you know, not establishing these as foundational so it's, you know, it'd be one of those things that, yes, it would, it would, if you start from day one, it still is a lot of work and it's, you know, it's not that it's like an easy thing. Relationships take, take work and dedication, but five years in <laughs> trying to make these shifts and adjustments, definitely I would say is more difficult because you create patterns with your partner. Like you create what is, what ends up feeling like you're normal to be expected, Not your normal, yeah. but your relationship norm, I guess. Um, and you learn to do the dance of the relationship with each other in a certain way. And um, so to have to kind of unpack it, deprogram it, rebuild it is not as easy, I think, during being, you know, in the relationship after so many years. Yeah, but it is going pretty well. We are seeing a lot of growth and a lot of change it takes commitment from both people, but I, I'm very grateful to bring it back to the five hardest things about being a dominant in 24-7, which is, again, the companion piece to the five hardest things about being a submissive that was released uh, just before this. Um, I'm really grateful I have a partner who's working on these things and who can talk openly about them because as an S-type, hearing that this is what is hardest for you is my D-type, it, it kind of puts in check, like, I struggle the most with feeling resistance and wanting to be heard and wanting to overcome my resistance. You struggle the most with addressing my resistance and figuring out how to, how to be, whether firm or gentle or whatever. So hearing that both sides are struggling with these things, it humanizes both sides, but it also makes it easier to see how to collaborate. Well, that's really why I love that we have this platform too, because I think, and why I'm so open about the struggle um, because I think it's important for other D types, other S types, other couples or however many in a dynamic um, to, to not just get the, you know, Oh yeah, we struggled with this thing years ago, but now this is how we do the thing or just presenting everything as coming up roses, but to talk about the realities of these things and the difficulties so that, you know, because I assume that a lot of this could be very relatable to other people in in power exchange. And so 
hopefully it's helpful being honest about this stuff and people can see themselves in the podcast to a point of, of being able to look at these things and not feel so much shame around them. Um, I know that I have felt shame and, and guilt and things around these struggles, right? Because you start to think, you know, am I not cut out for this? Am I just, do I just suck at being a D type, right? And then you have to remind yourself, well, hold up. Like, this is not, this is something that, you know, you have been working on or, or not working on, but that you are, have been in, in a 24 seven way for only a handful of years. And you didn't start off with too much guidance either. Like all of it was based on just my own experience, which was mostly from the S side of the slash. Right. So I think I, I definitely want to also shout out having a mentor. I think that has really, really been helpful, you know, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like not only for me to be able to state those things that are, that would be inappropriate, (laughs) you know, those, those raw emotions that maybe wouldn't be as appropriate with expressing to you, but I can kind of just, it's like, you know, vent or just get off my, off my chest. Um, And also getting a reflection, right. Of, of somebody who, has been doing this a lot longer. (laughs) Um, But I think that has been really, really helpful and and given us a lot of guidance in terms of handling situations and not getting too stuck in the patterns, the unhealthy patterns that we kind of just built up together. Um, So, well, I'm, I'm super grateful to hear you, your, your top, your top five hardest. Um, I love you. You're great. I'm glad you're my dominant. I'm proud of. I'm proud that this person here is my dominant. Proud that this person's my partner. And uh, if you have want to hear more about the complex and nuanced balancing act that is not only DS but a relationship, um, let us know by commenting on our Discord. Send us a message on case for kinkyje at gmail dot com. Um, just give us some feedback because we love producing, obviously, our podcast, or we would not do it. Um, if you want to help us out as well with the podcast, there are a couple of things that you can do to help. The first is to check out our Patreon. We have tiers as low as $1 and they go all the way up, I think to $25 a month and we offer perks and things like that. So if you're curious and you want to be able to financially give us a boost, go check it out. It's K's for Kinky on Patreon. That's our only way that we monetize this at all at this point. At this point, yeah. (laughs) Um, and then you can also, as we mentioned, uh, come to our Discord server. It's completely free. You can enjoy yourself, um, enjoy our community. And it gives us this this sense of fulfillment to see people making friends and feeling safe in a space that we can provide. And also um, seeing the number of people who support us makes us want to keep going, you know. So thank you so much to our team, Lena, Tessled, and Sid. They're all three freaking amazing. Mm-hmm. Lena is a longtime fan and has been helping moderate our Discord for a while now. Sid built our website and our Discord, um, and he's just awesome. And we have Tussle, who has helped us kind of brainstorm some content, takes great notes for us, um, both at meetings and also does Tussle's cheeky notes. So we really appreciate all three of these members of our team. And, of course, we got to shout out our comic kinklings. Allie and Pudding. There we go. Allie and Pudding, thank you so much for being Call Me thank Kinklings. You, thank you. And for the rest of y'all, we hope you have a wonderful day or evening or whatever time you are consuming this podcast. Keep your eyes on the road if you are driving. Yeah. 
And, and don't remember, burn the casserole oh. if you're cooking. All right. Be well, precious kinklings. <laughs> Bye.